Welcome to a new episode of the Open Source System Podcast. Every two weeks, we talk about open source news and interesting open source projects. You can find us on iTunes, Player FM, Pocket Casts, and soon Google Play Podcasts. You can give us feedback and suggest open source projects in our issue tracker. Just visit github.com slash open source system podcast. I'm Vlad, and today we got Mike. Hello. And Alex. Hi. And Kyle. Hello again. How are things in the open source open source world, guys? Full of bugs. I actually updated dependencies. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I found that uh, not a lot happened in January for open source. Um, I feel like we don't have that many projects to talk about. What are you talking about? We got a bunch. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, and uh, it might be the it might be the shortest podcast or the longest podcast. <laughs> well, I'm here, so it usually goes long. We're gonna we're gonna read every single question in that node pull request. Yeah, and we're going to address every single issue in all the projects we talk to, right? Every every single comment where people are saying, if you don't have anything important to contribute, please don't comment 400 times. <laughs> Can we talk Plus about... Uh, we're, we're also going to read every comment in the Dear GitHub uh, blog post. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dear GitHub, we love you. Did you see um, my letter to GitHub? Oh, yeah, it was like Taco Tuesday or something. Yeah, they they never responded. I'm pretty uh pretty bummed out about it. Of course. What was your letter about? I invited GitHub to uh, have some tacos with me this weekend, and uh, they didn't respond. So did did they respond to the other guys? Yeah, on Hacker News. Oh, well, what'd they say? Uh, I don't know. I don't read Hacker News. Oh. <laughs> uh, they basically said. Uh... It's, it was from a new community manager, and uh, he's like he started in November, so he's still feeling uh, feeling out how it's how it all works. But uh, he listened, and uh, but he didn't promise anything. Cool. Standard uh, marketing response. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. I I still like GitHub. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, me pretty, too. Pretty good. Still works. So, we have. The first thing on our list we have here is uh, Superpowers, extensible HTML5 app for real-time collaborative projects. Who added this? I, I added this. Oh. So what? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh. Totally uh, caught you off guard. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that answer. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a bit confused what, what this is because on the they have a website here, Superpowers dash html5.com uh, as, as far as I understand so I, I've got some friends who are in France and they were tweeting about this this, this company um, Sparkling Labs apparently based in France they had this event last week and, and people were really excited about how they were open sourcing this, this game framework mm -hmm. um, and it's it, it looks like the whole editor is, is open source as well as just the, the, the framework itself. Um, and they have a really cool demo game you can play. I mean, they've got a ton of uh, games you can you can mess around with, but there's one that kind of shows... If you scroll down the, the main webpage, they have this Discover Superpowers demo game, and you kind of... It loads up, and it's this kind of WebGL canvas 
little fun game that it walks you through how what the frameworks are built on top of and um, does it have music? Oh, is that is that the music from the game? Yeah, I think so. I think someone doesn't have headphones on and we're hearing them <laughs> start start the game, which is which is cool. No, I had headphones on. I just wanted everyone to hear the music. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pleasant, and I bet you that music is open source. Mm -hmm. um, those assets. So yeah, I don't I don't know if if you're into making games, but this one looks. I mean, at least the artwork is cute. Yeah, that's my my problem with game uh, creation things is always that like, oh, this really is a cool way to create games and it's good, and then I realize that like it doesn't help me draw any better than I used to be able to draw, <laughs> and all my games look really dumb. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they actually provide a bunch of free assets, so uh, you know we don't have to draw. Yeah. Um, so I think this is like uh, it's an Electron app, yeah. Um, and then it's got it uses TypeScript and Socket.io, 3JS, Lodash, all all the right buzzwords. So <laughs> it's a pretty pretty hot project right now. And we talked about uh, Love on the last show too, and it looks like you can use this uh, same interface to build uh, Love games if you uh, prefer Lua. Oh, sweet. That's pretty cool. So it's uh as we mentioned it's 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 at superpowers-html.com, but they also have a cool uh, listing of games that somebody made at uh, itch.io and there's a actually a long link to it, but uh, somebody already made it superpower chess. Um what else is here? Is there a 2016 and uh, Flappy Bird? Those are like the requirements whenever you make a game engine. Wasn't it 2048? 2048. Well, I don't play that game either, obviously. <laughs> you play 2016, the cool version. Yeah, yeah, it's different. <laughs> There's a pretty cool game called Murder at the Residence Goodall. Sounds great. All right. Um, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to playing Dino Run here. So it's, it's a, almost like Flappy Bird. Seems like a really fresh project. Uh, they use Browserify, Gulp, uh, so it's all the nodes stuff here, and uh, dev dependencies and dependencies. We got uh, TypeScript and uh, stuff like that. So TypeScript and some Node and some JS, and uh, they're making games. What's it licensed under? Good, good question. So let's look. So it's the ISC license, which I've never actually heard of. Yeah, I think this is the first time we've had this license on the show. Really? It's the default whenever you do an NPM init. Oh, maybe they just use the default. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't init NPMs very often. Apparently. I've changed mine to MIT, so I just assumed that was the default. According to Wikipedia, it's functionally equivalent to simplified BSD and MIT expat licenses. So uh -huh. apparently it's super permissive and good stuff. Yep. Uh, but I'm not a lawyer. so. And it looks like this all runs on Windows, Linux, and OS X, and then you can export the games just about anywhere. It looks like Android, iOS. Does it have Windows Phone? Usually they leave that one out. 
Yeah, I didn't see anything about Windows Phone, but... Uh, I think we'll eventually see. Windows Phone will just run Android games. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but it, it would run on the web, no? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, sure. hopefully the uh, Windows Phone browser is uh, good enough for this to... Uh, I guess it depends on the game, you know? Yeah. Uh, right, so they offer super-powered game, so make 2D, 2D and 3D games with TypeScript, powered by 3JS. Web, uh, you can also, besides making games, you can also make websites with Jade and Stylus, so they sort of made some choices for you what frameworks to use, and uh, you can make static sites with it. And also, as Kyle mentioned, uh, 2D games with Lua as well. Yeah, and Love is super awesome, so... I highly encourage you to make 2D games with Lua, and you can use this in their free game assets. Well, my dream is to publish a Steam game, so maybe I'll just make some crappy game, because my dream is to publish the game, not make a good game. Well, don't make a crappy game. <laughs> well, people can download it on Steam and say, oh, this is a crappy game, but at least I said I did it. Yeah, at least it'll exist. Is, are you going to have microtransactions in your game, Vlad? Yep, to uncrapify it. <laughs> Next up, Kyle, you added this project. What is this thing by Google here? Oh, this is uh, Git Appraise. Um, and so, let me scroll down to my notes here. <laughs> uh, so Git Appraise is a distributed code review for Git. Uh, it's all written in Go. And uh, it extends Git with a, a phrase command. And so... Um, what it's for doing is uh, maybe your team is not using GitHub or um, some similar service, and you want all of your uh, code reviews to be uh, versioned in the, the project as well, in your Git history. Um, and so what this allows you to do is allows you to submit a, uh, some changes uh, for, a, um, uh, for a reviewer to, um, to review your changes, and then they can uh, view the differences and, and, and kind of you know, tell you that you uh, forgot some semicolons in different places and things like that, and then um, uh, accept or reject your changes. And um, so it's it's just a, a system that if, if your team's not using uh, GitHub and you want to have your uh, all your code reviews uh, versioned in your your Git history, you could use this tool. Alex, what do you what do you think about this? Is it a good idea? Yeah. So. Um... This is similar to um, what the Facebook tool uh, Fabricator provides with, um, what is it called, um, Arc, it's like Arc, uh, Arcanist, that's what it is. Um, so Arcanist is kind of like a similar thing where you have to, you know, go into Fab and you can do more, uh, it's, it's actually a little bit different than just like replacing pull request code review type things um, where you can like say like that something blocks something else and you can have a, a, like more structure in uh, like getting commits landed and things like that so I think there are very very good organizational benefits to uh, uh, you know once you get to a certain size and a certain complexity of application going to a more complicated uh, but worthwhile uh, system of code review. Yeah, I'm looking at it and uh, I'm kind of, I guess it just adds this metadata reviewers and requester into the Git object, into the Git mm -hmm. history. 
Um, there's sort of no GUI tools, nothing in GitHub or no, uh, I don't know, I guess it won't show me. I don't know if Fabricator has something that will actually parse this information and uh, um, make it more kind of visible. Yeah, I, I noticed there was an issue uh, where somebody was asking about, oh, no, it's just a UI for Emacs. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted a screenshot, that's all, so I can see what this looks like. Well, there's nothing to show. That's uh, sort of that's my first thing that I see here. I just, I just want a screenshot of a terminal flag. So I <laughs> like, even if it's showing the exact same thing in the usage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's, is it a real terminal? It works. Yeah. Guess I could install it and try it myself. You gotta install Go first. Yeah. yeah. They have a, a nice little tutorial, too, um, that kind of walks you through of, of, like, how you would use it, like a, a workflow where you submit uh, some changes for request, and then a reviewer goes in and, and lists all the, uh, the changes that are up for review and, um, and either rejects or approves it. It's kind of hidden on their readme. There's, like, a, like right below the usage, there's a little link uh, for here. It says a more detailed getting started doc is available here. Yeah. Click that. <laughs> Basically, like, uh, gives you a good uh, good overview of what you would do with it. Yeah. It's really, this, re- it's really re- verbose. So this is what I wanted. This is my screenshot. <laughs> cool. I'm sold on the idea, but I'm not sold on this uh, tool itself. But uh, I'm sure I feel like this is gonna be the the next big thing. Well, it's a good thing that's open source one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody will rewrite a node so I can actually use it in my project. <laughs> so I don't have to install Go. That's step one. You going to open an issue? <laughs> can you please rewrite it in Go? I mean, in Node. <laughs> and I'm going to plus one it, too. Plus one your own issue. Yep. <laughs> So that's uh, Get Appraise by Google, and it's on GitHub. Uh, we'll have a link to it in our show notes. And uh, it's distributed code review for Git, if you can figure it out from the from the terminal. <laughs> Something out to, to the uh, Dear GitHub uh, letter. <laughs> dear, dear GitHub. Please add this thing and make it cool. <laughs> yeah. All it's doing is adding to the Git notes section of a commit, so I assume GitHub could do it just fine. But judging by how quickly they've like gone with the mer- big green merge button with no rebase functionality, my gut is that they don't actually care about merge history. Yeah. <laughs> or anything, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got this uh, AIB Animatable. IBA Animatable. IBA Animatable. I'd be... Abanimatable. Abanimatable. I think we pick projects based on how difficult they are to say. Pretty much. Um, yeah, so this is a... So just for the record, it's IB animatable. <laughs> and the IB stands for Interface Builder. Interface Builder Animatable. It's something... Uh, well, it's, it's a project uh, in, written in Swift, and I always find that all the Objective-C and Swift... Uh, Things are named in a weird way, so I'm not surprised this is a, they decided to short, uh, make a short name. 
for interface builder and shorted to IB. I mean, that's uh, that's like all interface builder projects would start with IB. Oh yeah, that's what. Uh, I see, who 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 does that? Is is it an Xcode thing or is it a Swift thing? Yeah, it'd be it'd be kind of it's just like standard. Uh, Apple. Yeah, it's not Swift, but it would be like Apple stuff. Yeah. Apple has its own style guide. So yeah, this project is uh, helps you build uh, and prototype UIs, uh, interaction, navigation, transitions, and animations for App Store apps. Um, it's on GitHub and it's developed by Jake Lynn. Um, and uh, compared to the previous project that we talked about, this thing has a nice GIF that Mike can watch and enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's a beautiful GIF. Vlad, it's a GIF. Yes, that's what I said. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so you can, uh, if you if you're making uh, apps for the App Store, you can uh, look at this and uh, sort of build your new UI using this uh, this, uh, this framework. Add some cool animations, starting from transitions to form forms and uh, you know labels sliding in, buttons flying out, and uh, the whole screen switching. And it's, it's pretty good. Has developed with uh, Swift 2. Um, already has eight contributors, so it, uh, I think uh, what they're going for here is uh, sort of following the material design animations. They want to bring the same to iOS. I was going to say this looked very similar to material design. Is that intentional? Uh, maybe in some sort of way. The, the, the buttons and uh, uh, for certain views, slide again look pretty uh, pretty close to material design. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's nice to see sort of uh, to see these things open source and uh, you, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And you're like, I want to make a cool sliding in label that, with the button hovering on top of it. What, should I rewrite it or should I just uh, pull in the library? So these are so these are predefined, like uh, slidey, animated. UI components that you can drag and drop in. Yeah, yeah. like I haven't done much iOS uh, development, but I know like Interface Builder is pretty looks look pretty powerful, and uh, I think this makes it even better. Just uh, um, especially in Xcode, you can define all the transitions uh, in the second screenshot in the README straight away. You can see all the all those things in there. Yeah, I have my my brain has a hard time working with this type of workflow. Like I'm like, okay, where's the code? And instead, I get lost in drop downs. So there is code. Uh, there's there's a GIF for you somewhere, or at least it's, a, it's, it's just below. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. looking at it. So animate how to animate in Swift Playground. So you you do get like references. It's it's actually somewhat uh, reminiscent of the uh, the uh, what's his face um, Dreamweaver. No. The Tween JS. Robert. Uh, no, the talk that. Uh, the guy who used to work at Apple gave, um, and it's like what uh, he he was talking about animations and and drawing and having like code where you can just like modify things on the left side while you build it on the right side. Uh, Worry Dream, uh, Brett Victor, uh, is his name is the guy's name. Oh, I didn't know he worked at Apple. That's cool. Yeah, back in the day. Uh, yeah. I thought, I thought you meant Steve Jobs for a second. <laughs> that guy who worked at Apple. <laughs> he showed it off. The walls. 
Well, anyway, uh, so yeah, that's uh, yeah some cool animations for your next uh, iOS app. Um, and uh, yeah, it's already got almost 2,000 stars on GitHub, so pretty popular. And I'm excited to see uh, some cool new animations in the uh, you know iOS apps. What's the license on that one? Well, I'm scared to check. It's MIT. Oh, MIT. Right. <laughs> I always have to cut these things. We're like Kyle asked me what the license is, and I cut this pause when I look at it. <laughs> Gotta be quicker on it. I don't I'm only know. asking you because I already know. I already clicked it. It's close. Source. <laughs> um, yeah, the next project is uh, Jam3 DevTool, or just npm install DevTool, uh, if you're familiar with that. Um, and what it does is it runs Node.js programs inside the Chrome DevTools uh, using Electron. Um, so if you want to debug your Node.js application um, using the DevTool, uh, Chrome DevTool debugger, um, you can use this tool to do that. How is it different than the current thing, which is what uh, Node Inspector? Oh yeah, so Node Inspector. So that's that's something you should probably keep in mind when using this. That this is using Electron, whereas Node Inspector is using the remote debugging tool. Um, so like uh, with when you when you're using Electron, you have a window um, in your global scope, and you have like you know browser type kinds of things. So it's not like a pure Node.js environment, uh, which if you're debugging can cause some issues. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, whereas Node Inspector is a you know a pure Node.js environment. But if you're doing some if you you know if you're using this as a tool for other things like um, one of the examples they have in is if you can go out to Google Street View and you know put in a location uh, of something and then save that uh, PNG of that that uh, part on the street to your uh, file system. You can use this because it does have the browser stuff. So it depends on your use case on, on what you're debugging and what you're doing. Um, oh, and then another thing too that it does is that this does profiling, um, which Node Inspector can't do. Um, so if you if you want a, a quick and dirty solution to profile your Node.js apps, you could use this. That sounds like the winner there. I'm really I'm really hoping this project takes off uh, and becomes more popular here. I'm not sure if there are any like if there are any roadblocks to this, or could this become the default debugger? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh um it's being um pretty much led by I always mess up his name um Matt. Desilliers, I, I don't know how to say his last name. I I'll never know how to say his last name properly. Um, but Delorier. yeah, are you from Toronto? <laughs> no, I just uh, if you just don't pronounce any of the consonants, okay, <laughs> in there that probably works. Matt Delorier. Yeah, but anyways, he's he's a really uh, cool guy. He contributes a bunch to open source, especially uh, graphics and, and pretty looking things. Um, he works for a company, Jam3, uh, who is um, uh, providing, he's the organization behind this. And they do a lot of uh, really neat graphic stuff too. And so, um, yeah, so he, he's been putting a lot of attention to it. So I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's only going to get better. Yeah, his uh, GitHub public contribution graph is impressive. Yeah, I'm kind of excited because yeah, he's giving a talk on this thing at our Node School Toronto this Saturday. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to attend that talk, you cannot because we, everything's sold out already. <laughs> uh, but uh, ping me on Twitter. I'll let you know how it goes. 
Uh, but I'm excited to see his talk, and uh, hopefully this tool is uh, production ready. Because I'm, uh, even though there's a badge saying stability experimental, I do not, I don't want to believe that badge. I want to use this and. Uh... Go ahead. Uh, what's his face? Pavel has some repo in his uh, thing that he's had for a long time. Um, that is just like raw dev tools working. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of. What I'm looking forward here to is uh, when you install npm and Node. Uh, this is like the third thing you install, like an, an npm install dev tool, or like it ships in some with something where like it's it's default thing with your tooling for Node, and uh, kind of auto starts when you like start developing a server or something. So I'm uh, I'm hopeful for 2016 and uh, to get uh, the sort of tooling in place. I know some people that still use the um, the built-in um, debugger with Node. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever tried that? It's pretty intense. To, uh, yeah, it's to pretty uh, not fun. Yeah. Node should be fun. All right. <laughs> well, one thing I really liked about uh, this project and just projects in general is when a a project lists other similar projects. Um, you know, to it. And so I do like how they list uh, a few other things. I mean, Hi-Hat is, is also written by Matt. Um, but Node Inspector, um, you know, is not. And so I, I really like when they do that. It just makes it easier when you're comparing things and um, and you forget. Yeah, so that's uh, DevTool uh, by Gem3 on GitHub. We're going to have a link to it in our show notes. And uh, we're going to keep an eye on this project and see how well uh, it's doing. It's uh, licensed MIT. And... Uh, Try it out. Uh, npm install DevTool. Mm-hmm. Mike, what's our next thing? So I believe the next tool we're talking about is called BitBar, which is an interesting little uh, program that lets you basically take the output from any script and jam it up in the OSX menu bar. So so those little funky icons at the top that you have a billion of, you can get more and have them do what you want to do. Um, they've, I was trying to think of like a really cool example of what to do like if I was going to build this myself, and I'm not quite there yet. Uh, but they've got some examples like if you, were, if you wanted to have a little script that was tracking the value of bitcoins because... That seems like a smart thing to do. Um, you, you could do this. Um, did anyone actually get this up and running? Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't write any plugins for it or anything, but um, it seemed pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, it seems it seems useful. Currently, I use uh, a thing called Shuttle um, for it. For doing, you know, it's like a little um, menu bar application that you can launch a bunch of things. But this seems like it has uh, a lot more existing plugins, and so maybe a better plugin ecosystem for it. It uh, it would be cool to to write a Stripe integration or whatever. Uh, me pushing my own company, but like you get to see how much money you've made. Pretty much would be nice up there. I love that idea. That's, that's yeah, awesome. that is cool. Maybe maybe I'll make one that will tell me when someone has retweeted me or something when, <laughs> which never happens. <laughs> I retweet you all the time, Mike. All the time. Was, yeah, I'm gonna make an Alex retweeted Mike plugin. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I wonder if you can use, um, if you can add your own icons and, you know, at what extent can you customize it? You know, could you could you throw Alex's face up there, you know, when uh, whenever he oh, tweets I, I sure hope so. So this, uh, I, I didn't actually click through to the, to the plugin directory, but they have this repo, the Bitbar plugins, and uh, there's a ton of stuff here, so this is really cool. Yeah, they got all the standard, uh, um, I don't know what you call these things, like they have those, the Windows bar thing that would float on the side. I don't know what you call those. Um, this, I guess they're just called apps nowadays. Um, but you remember they used to have the, like, those little components and stuff you drag around. You have like a clock and your calendar. <laughs> yeah, they're stickies. all like, yeah, great icons. Yeah, and they're always like, you know, totally drained your your computer resources, so you never really use them. But, um, well, anyways, they got all the standard ones for those kinds of things, like weather and email notifications. They also had GitHub notifications. I saw. Yeah. You know, this is like a big pile of random scripts. I bet you we could backdoor. <laughs> Yeah, you could you could like you could do it's some just, crazy stuff here. It looks like yeah, just a bunch of like uh, shell files that pull in data and execute it and yeah. echo it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna make a, a Yahoo stock keylogger <laughs> <laughs> plugin. Yeah. So maybe hold off on that Stripe integration. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't look like you can do graphics. Uh, but you could definitely get emoji in there, or Unicode. Well, that's just as good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So some of the plugins include AWS, Bitcoin, email, finance, games, lifestyle, music, uh, lifestyle. time travel. <laughs> so something like lifestyle would be uh, sleep Did you say time. time travel. Time travel. <laughs> <laughs> time and travel, uh, but uh, you never know. There might be a, another directory here. <laughs> Someone wrote a time plugin because, like, the clock just wasn't doing it for them. Well, you know, you, you want to have the the Wednesday to be all caps, and Apple just doesn't doesn't want to give that uh, feature, so you got to do it. Oh man, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> In most cases, I, I try not to customize OS X too much because uh, then uh, I, I have less work when I have to reinstall it. It's like, where's my favorite BitBar plugins? Oh, the old white. So, so apparently you can write the scripts in any language. I didn't realize that. I thought they were all shell scripts. No, but it's just like anything you can... Execute on OS X. Yeah. <laughs> There's PHP, Python, yeah. Bash... Oh wow, Ruby. That's what I'm saying. You can do some serious, some serious business here. Yeah, yeah. The time travel one is all in PHP. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's only PHP who could figure out time travel. So um, yeah, so it looks like when you set it up too, that you just specify a folder of you know these files that just live there. So, uh, so Vlad, so you don't have to reinstall everything. You can just you know commit. All of these random scripts to a repo, and just uh, you know clone it down when you need to reinstall. Yeah, I think I'm gonna put it into Dropbox, and I think that will uh, that will work out well. Or I'm really sold on this. I wasn't like I was kind of I was not uh, I was not planning to use this, but now I, uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Do you know how often it calls the uh, your script? Does it just call it once every ten seconds or something? Hmm. Good question. 
because like for at some point like maybe this is easier than uh, a cron job it's just like it doesn't it just shows a null byte up top and then it just runs your cron jobs for you. Don't have to, you don't have to screw with cron <laughs> yeah, exactly just keep that keep that machine going okay. <laughs> don't close my laptop mom like, uh, oh it's in the name yes so you name you name your file uh, stripe.5m.sh and it would run every 5 minutes that's pretty or cool. Spotify.10s.sh and it runs every 10 seconds. That seems not okay, but I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> At first it sounds pretty good, but then I guess you start thinking about it. And, uh, maybe you want to yeah. do some custom stuff. I, yeah, it would be interesting if you had another vulnerability on your system. You could get the person to run your vulnerable code like once every you know second if you, uh, if you just were able to get script so, into that folder. So I wonder if my plugin can rename itself <laughs> to like one, one millisecond dot sh. I mean it could it could just duplicate itself every time. And we'll we'll spam like the X server and denial yeah. of service your own laptop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah it would be a funny uh, thing to do is uh... I'm gonna install this. This is great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me know what uh, ports are open on your computer. <laughs> you you delete everything in the projects directory every ten minutes. So somebody Just starts a case. new project. Yeah. yeah, starts a new project and deletes itself again. It's like, what? What's going on? <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So that's uh, Bitbar. And uh, at first, uh, I was uh, I was not uh, planning to use this, but now after I talked to you about this, uh, that's funny. I had the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this looks cool. And then I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, use it at uh, your own... Uh, your, your mileage may vary. Your so mileage, but, yeah, may vary. Uh, cool. So we'll have a link to BitBar in our show notes. And if you're using OS X, prepare for an adventure <laughs> with time travel and lifestyle. And PHP. <laughs> Next up, uh, Alex, what's our next thing here? You're going to like this one. Are called JS Verbal Expressions. Uh, it's not a JavaScript specific concept, but it's uh, something that is recently implemented in JavaScript. There's also implementations uh, in Ruby, C Sharp, Python, Java, Groovy, PHP, Haskell, Hacks. I don't know what Hacks is. C, Objective C, Perl, and Swift. Probably more. Uh, you can see verbalexpressions.github.io. We'll also add that in the show notes, and you can see all the different implementations. There's Lua and all the kind of stuff that you never want to use, Erlang. Um, but pretty much, uh, it helps you generate a regular expression with uh, more English, uh, Englishy terms. So rather than learning regular expressions, which can be difficult, uh, context-free grammars and uh, finite automa, automata and whatever Mike studied in linguistics, uh, you can kind of instantiate a verbal expression object, and then you want to say, make sure it's the start of the line, then look for this text, and then maybe find this, but then find this, and then maybe find this, and make sure this isn't in there, and then make sure this at the end. Uh, and then you kind of chain all those together like a big jQuery, uh, you know, plug-in looking thing, 
and then the other end of that uh, comes out as uh, you know a regular expression that's built. So as long as you cache that, because I'm sure that that's not super fast to create, um, th that'd be good. I think even better would be you kind of run that, you figure what the regular expression that it generated from that is, um, and then you kind of hard code the actual regular expression in there, and still cache that because there's no reason not to cache your regular expressions. You yeah, you, know, you know, I think a, a really cool uh, use of this would be if uh, you know, on these editors. Um, if you you've made a little editor plugin that you can just make a little REPL for it, you just yeah. type all of these out, and then it turned that into the regular expression. Right. Put it right in. Definitely seems build timeable, right? I don't know if I would yeah. use this at runtime for anything serious. I guess I would probably use it for tons of stuff. But yeah, it seems cool. Mhm. Mm it it seems like my my take it like it seems very beginner-friendly or just human-friendly, but also super verbose. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, like when you're trying to remember these test frameworks, like Cucumber and, and these other types of things right. where you're writing all these English chainable APIs and then two hours later you're, like, stabbing yourself in the eyes. Right. It definitely seems like it comes from Ruby land, <laughs> for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, the I don't know why you added this to this show though. This is this repo was created three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't just talk about new things. We also talk about good old things. I mean, this thing has a. Uh... But it's it's, yeah, like the last commit was five days ago, right? So it's. Yeah, I mean, release zero point two point oh. The second release just came out nine days ago, but the repo was created three years ago. Slow but steady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if uh, if you're not doing, you uh, know, if you're not using JavaScript, you can just go to verbalexpressions.github.io and uh, find your uh, programming language of choice and uh, try to use this. Um, uh, definitely, some of the stuff that Alex talked about. Just uh, try to maybe just get the ex regular expression expression out of it. Um, yeah. On a meta level, I like projects like this. Like this is the type of project that I like to build. Um, yeah. So if anyone is looking to like implement uh, things in JavaScript, one good thing to do is find projects that exist in like Java, C Sharp, and Ruby. Uh, and so they have like very good like test suites already. And there's like a specification. And all you have to do is kind of do the JavaScript implementation of it. And then like you can share tests and like like there's a very clear like finish line, uh, and that that's really nice. Like whenever you you're able to like score the output, kind of, um, and so so this type of thing is very similar to that. Uh, they don't list uh, Rust yet on this list, but uh, I saw somebody said that they're gonna work on the Rust board, and they created a repo for them under the organization, and now there's a Rust verbal expressions repo that uh, at version 0.1. Just uh, 21 days old, yeah, but 21 uh, days ago, man. So that should looks hit, awesome. That should hit 0 0.2 here in three years. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, if it's missing uh, in your language, something to uh, to add. I'm surprised, Alex. You said hacks uh, is something you never heard about because people love talking about it, uh, mentioning it. It's like, yeah, I don't. I that's I've just missed that entirely. I guess. 
Yeah, Isn't it's like a program language that like compiles to a bunch of other ones. Yeah, it's a cross-platform thing. Yeah. Um, sounds bad. Sounds bad, but people are like, "Well, you somebody writes something, they're like, you idiot, you should have used hacks for this." And then nobody does ever, but uh, they love to say it. Like, oh yeah, you should have used hacks for this. Hacks is so awesome. Use it. No one does. No one does. Yeah. It's like meteor. <laughs> <laughs> Too negative. So many, so many things to cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Giving yourself work. <laughs> yeah, I should be oh, so positive, so positive. Uh, <laughs> Cross-platform toolkit, huh? Isn't this just Imscripten? Yeah. No, it's it's just like it has everything. You were like, why, why would you like create a new language to do this? Why wouldn't you just like compile Python or Ruby, which already yeah, works this is... places to JavaScript and it looks like Swift, like it doesn't seem like it needs its own language. Yeah, I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> well, I love it. I never used it, but it sounds awesome. And the website looks pretty good with the logo. Yeah, <laughs> it does have a good logo. If if you click on use cases up top, it actually says none. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, none. Yeah, what they, you they, no, he's kidding me, but <laughs> Uh, so the Hacks Foundation exists, which is interesting. There's a fund, and they have partners. Wow. All the partners are pretty uh, businessy. Interesting. Like not very. Uh, yeah. Not very the... like known tech. It's like TiVo. IV two four seven. Yeah. Prezi is a little more uh, uh, relevant, but. Other than that, it seems like maybe it's this is more like enterprisey than we're giving it credit for. Maybe not. Well, we'll have a link to a to it in our show notes, and we talked about it a bunch. Uh, I feel like at least we spent three minutes on it. So uh, it's also open source. It's an open source toolkit. Yeah. And if you want to learn a new language for a new project, uh, that will be that will compile into anything starting from iOS ending with I think ActionScript. They don't list it anymore, but I think uh, <laughs> it'll still work. <laughs> it's still, it's yeah. still work. Thanks for listening to the Open Source System Podcast. The current episode ran a bit too long, so we decided to split it into two smaller episodes. This is the end of part one, and in the next episode we're going to be discussing the latest news in the open source world. Enjoy. Enjoy.